there's, well, they're not all on me. There's, I have one. So I have one, two, three that are like pointing at these the aren't, wall. Wait, these aren't, these aren't like the, the light in the room or just a lamp somewhere in the room. These are, these are professional no, these lights, are like right? Professional. You, I need professional lights to look, make the video look good. All right. Sounds good. How many? So I have one, two, three, four, five, five lights and a ring light. I know you should see my office. It's like a mess. Two jokes that I could enter there. I think that, well, I think they're funny. One of them would be, okay, don't you know? You don't need any lights to look really good on video. Or the other joke is, maybe you need more lights. <laughs> I, like the, I like the second joke better. Because yeah, you're a mean person. <laughs> Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Oh my God, I'm really excited about today's show. This is our first guest on the show. And Kate, uh, you you found him, you know him, and I think that he's perfect. Uh, why don't you tell the world a little bit about him? Tell the world a little bit about Brian Carter. Yeah, Brian is an awesome guy. So he and I have been friends for a few years. I forget how I originally met him, actually. But he is, I met him originally because I had a marketing company and he owns a digital marketing agency. And so we became friends and I got to know him. And the more I got to know him, I realized he is super cool and creative and does tons of creative projects. So he is an artist and a musician and he does comedy and he started a YouTube channel with one of his friends. And so, yeah, he just kind of does all the things that we talk about on this ep- on this podcast, which is yeah, just I, I'm, I'm really excited. Creating. I'm excited to find out like what has he like, has he has 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 he always been this way? And why does he keep picking up new things instead of just saying, like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be a guitar player um, and I'm excited. I hope that we get to talk about chickens. Uh, he told me that he. <laughs> We will. We will definitely be talking about chickens. That he has COVID. That he has COVID chickens. I mean, not chickens that have COVID, but chickens that he got. Yes. Because of COVID. Good Uh, clarification. I'm excited to see those. (laughs) All right. Well, let's let's get him on here then. Okay. Oh my gosh, Brian! What is wrong with you people? (laughs) Brian, we're recording. Don't mess it up. Don't. Okay. Don't waste it. Hang on. Hang on, I'm coming back. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) That's the only thing I have that's like a Halloween costume, so. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, on. I'm coming back. What was that? What was that? Was it like a tanning goggles? No, they're, look at them. They're, um, they're bloodshot. (laughs) Oh, they're creepy. This is what I look like in the morning. Wait a second. That's all that you have that's Halloween-like? I feel like you have so many costumes. That's true. I don't think of those as Halloween costumes. Oh, that's true. they're so serious for me. Well, um, you're, and you have like a whole wig collection. And yeah, everything. I do. I got the redneck one. I've got the Valley Girl blonde wig. Because Stan and my... Wait, we do this music reaction channel. Stan, Stan's is, you know... I mean, we're, I guess we're both middle-aged now. He's he's a black guy. I'm a white guy. And we both wear these blonde wigs. Uh, and speaking of Valley Girl accent, it's beautiful. 
It's called trending topics. Trending topics. Trending topics. Yeah. Do you just react to music? Or uh, normally, yes. Uh, with with those two, we just off the cuff talk about stuff, and then I speed it up in the editing so it's a little funnier. <laughs> oh my god! So, so I just want to let's. I just want to give some context right now because first of all, Brian, this is the first time you're meeting Sean. Yeah. And you guys are going to be friends. We're going to bring guess. the bring the thunder. <laughs> That's right. You know, thunderstruck now. <laughs> Na 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 na. <laughs> and we've actually we started the podcast. We have not yet had a guest on. You're the first. So guest. You're our first guest. It's a big mistake. The tenth episode. No. Oh no, I don't think so <laughs> at all. Now it's validated that this is the, the this was the right move. All right. And the reason why I thought that you would be such a great guest is because you are a total professional. Kind of. <laughs> You're like you. You have a a digital marketing agency. You run an agency. That's kind of your your day job kind of thing, and mm-hmm. you do so many creative side projects and so much just creative work that the obviously our podcast is called Create for No Reason. And like talk about Create for No Reason, you're just creating stuff. You and I have actually done some Facebook lives just for the sake mm-hmm. of trying them out to see what we could glean from them. Yeah. And so I thought, oh my gosh, we've got to get him on the podcast because he does all this creative stuff from, I mean, well, tell us some of the, the stuff. That yeah. You do. No, I'm excited because it's, it's probably my favorite topic. Um, it's, you know, because, because in digital, you know, there's an aspect of creativity, but it's often, enslaved by all these other things you know um and so you sometimes and and of course clients don't always want your most creative stuff you know they want something (laughs) else or something that seems a little bit i'm hiding my light under a bushel now um but uh yeah so i do you know i started doing stand-up in 2006 um and then i started using that in keynote speeches so that's been cool because to have a different not this year but but most years uh, there's this dimension I get to go. Like I went, I went to a group, a co-op of McDonald's is, and it was fun. They were great. They, they were, I was really impressed by them. And, um, the, one of the main women who owns a bunch of McDonald's wore a Lion King suit as part of her thing on stage. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, so I do that, the stand-up, the keynotes. Um, I've, I've been a musician for a long time, so I've done a lot of electronic music that I never really released that unfortunately nobody likes. But they seem to like my art, which I started, I returned to. I I, I really kind of didn't do much with that for a long time, except doodles or whatever during meetings. But um, yeah, now I'm painting and, and markering and all kinds of stuff, so. Yeah. Were you have you have you always been prolific? Like I, the, the thing that impressed me the most when, um, and I'm surprised our we haven't crossed paths previously in different uh, keynote stages and mm. other places like that. But but have you were you always like that? You're like your whole life just picking up something else, picking up something else because you say you're returning back to yeah um, art. Well, or, I mean, everybody was in art class in high school or whatever at some point. And, and that's what I mean. Like I really dug it, but I don't want to say my, I had an art, I had a junior high art teacher that was very encouraging 
And then the high school art teacher was, he was not. Um, and I was like, oh, I love this neon spray paint. And she's like, you clearly do. Um, so that was, that was the kind of reinforcement I got. Um, but yeah, as a kid, my, my mom got me into piano lessons and then I, I bought a guitar when I was 16 because of Randy Rhodes from Ozzy Osbourne and, uh, you know, played grunge music and experimental rock jazz in college. And, um, but you know, never really, I didn't have the guts to just go out and try to make money creatively. And of course that was a different time. This was the early nineties. There was no internet, no YouTube. So it's like, how do you get discovered? Yeah. It was zines and mixtapes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Yeah. I get discovered. Yeah. And so there was nothing. And my sister even did the same thing. She toured around in a van with some people for a while and, eventually gave that up and got into like um interior design and other types of you know artistic but professional things Mm -hmm. you know now she and her her uh, husband he's amazing at these um motion graphics and 3d things he did some work recently for for breeze um so that stuff's cool it's fun um but for me it's it's recreational too like how do i refresh myself after a stressful agency type day, you know? Yeah. There's a, a quote that I, I sent over to Kate as a Kurt Vonnegut quote where uh, uh, you've probably seen it. There's a, um, uh, all these students in a junior high, they had to write to different authors to ask them their advice about how to become an author. And Kurt Vonnegut was the only one that replied. Oh, wow. He was, he was 82 years old when he replied, but basically just wrote back and said, uh, uh, what I want you to do is, is go home and write a six word poem that rhymes um, was a requirement. And he says, I, and I don't want you to show it to anybody, nobody like, don't mm. show it. Don't show it to your teacher. Don't show it. You're going to want to don't show it to anybody and yeah. just, and just um, uh, tear it up when you're done and throw it away. And then he said, and I promise you will feel better for the experience. Right. And hmm. what, and what they did. And he says it grows your soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talked about it growing your soul, which I just love Mm. so much. And that's when when I look at anybody that's creating, especially when it's not their full time thing and they just do it and try it and put stuff out. Like, that's what I find interesting about you, Brian, is that not only do you take the time to do some of this stuff, but you share it, you put it out into the world. Some of it is, I remember when you were doing your, oh my gosh, remember when we were talking about your comedy? Yeah. And I'm like, you need to just do a YouTube channel and start and doing and do comedy. And you did your, I swear it was like an hour later after we were talking <laughs> and he has a YouTube video of him doing some type of comedy thing. So I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. How many people would have, thought about it over and over just overthought the whole process and they have to look good it has to be perfect i don't want to set it out i don't want to look stupid and you're just like mm-hmm. cool that is a good idea i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go do that and then it's up and out for the world to see and then i think well, it was a little bit after that you did your uh you started your other youtube channel you have to understand it comes from a deep sense of insecurity and, and the need to be recognized or, or applauded <laughs> But apart this from that, this is why you and Sean should be friends. Well, that's yeah. also that's also that's also fascinating that you'll do it so quickly with okay. that, with with the insecurity and I, like I have some things like that where I'll just do it and be like, yeah, what the hell? I mean, I know I'm yeah. good enough for something, but right. the fact that you she would say do it, 
And then an hour later, you get something out there. Like what? You have to have a little bit of narcissism as well and not realize how bad you are at first. <laughs> and, and that helps fuel it as well. But then you can't be so narcissistic that you can't recognize the problems and improve them. You know, and I, I really feel like art, art this year, which I, one of the things I started during COVID to like have a diversion, you know, yeah. and um, it's been the most pure thing for me so far because because I always want to turn everything into a business and make money with it. Um, and, and I'm also, I, I can be way too influenced by other people's opinions mm-hmm. about it. And, and so the thing you talked about with Kurt Vonnegut, like throwing that poem away is kind of like not overanalyzing the likes on your Instagram art account and changing the way you do art based on that. Um, because what I, I think that the best art is going to come from really just being yourself and following your own nose or whatever, you know? So, yeah. And I've been able to do that more with that. I've also been more humble that I, you know, there's a lot of stuff I'm not good at a lot of stuff. I'm, you know, and I'm not happy with all of it, but, but progress, not perfection. That's like, put it out there. It's better to engage. It's better to start a conversation. What, you know, it's a real conversation or just the feedback, the interaction. Um, I don't know. It's it just, and it fuels me. Cause I think for me, if I just had a studio full of a hundred things, nobody had ever seen, I would start to be like, what am I doing here? Am I too, am I afraid of the world? Right. You know? So I, th- I think that's right. Oh, well, when we, we've talked about, I mean, there's different definitions for art, but an overall one that I keep coming back to is that um, like you create something that's novel enough and you share it. I, so, yeah. so if you, if you just create it and it's novel, that's great. I mean, that's, there's a wonderful uh, benefit in that just for yourself. It does something to your brain. You get into True. flow. It's going to make you, I don't know, less anxious or less angry or whatever it is. But then once you, once you share it, then I think that that's like, okay, that's art. And it doesn't matter. It could be high art, low art, you know, bad, <laughs> bad art, good art. It doesn't, but it's art at that point. Yeah. Call like, it primitive naive art or raw art or art brute or outsider art. It doesn't matter what it is. You're genius, right? <laughs> It's it's like oh look at this guy he's his his art looks like a kid's on purpose not because he sucks you know yeah. you'd be like I traveled to Berlin in the early nineties <laughs> you just have to write an artist statement that is like pretentious enough and then just have all bunch of crayon drawings you know <laughs> just the one word on there yeah just the word mom yes mom mom yeah a picture of Yoko Ono down in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. The destroyer of all that was good. <laughs> you know what? One thing that I find interesting that you do is, is stand up, is comedy. Uh, uh-huh. That is, as, as you both know, I'm big fans of comedians and comedy and writing uh, and just what it takes to write jokes and what that looks like. And I feel like stand up comedy to me seems like, the most terrifying thing to do to get up on stage in front of people <laughs> that are basically saying, make me laugh. Yeah. I'm here for you to make I'm you're here to entertain me and to come up with that. I mean, how do you 
write your jokes? What does that process look like for mm. you? Well, it's funny because, um, you know, I, when I started doing it, like anything else, I, I typically would read like 12 books on it and um, find some formula and start, you know, it's a, you do writing exercises, you know, like how can you do crazy hyperbole with this? Um, how can you create a misdirection or surprise or whatever? Um, and so I wrote, I think, a hundred, nearly a hundred pages of stuff before I went uh, on stage. Um, but it was kind of like the thing we were talking about. I was afraid I would totally lose guts to ever do it if I didn't go up. So I did. And I had five minutes and maybe like one joke was funny. And oh, but I study a lot of people, you know, Seinfeld said, like, you're, you're doing well if you got a 10 percent hit rate on your jokes. And most people, it's like five. Um it, it can be extremely humbling, especially like even after doing great at it and being paid to go do keynotes because of it, I would go to a local place where there's a bunch of like millennial women who hate me because I'm a guy and I'm older and, you know, they didn't want to hear my wife jokes. And and um, one time I did some in Austin, like this open mic. And, and by the time I went up, almost everybody had left except for this table of lesbians in front. And I'm telling some wife jokes. And, and, and I, I said, I just kind of came out of it and did what's called calling the moment. I said, um, Oh, you're all sitting there going like, shut up white men, stop talking bad about women or whatever. It's something just like that. And just calling it out that they didn't like it because I was a white man, just cracked them all up. So it's just always an ongoing thing and humor evolves and you have to evolve, but it's also an inner journey. I mean, you, you have to look at your insecurities. You have to look at your, who you are as a person and, and be honest about it. Cause otherwise people are going to, they're going to, they know who you are from what you're doing. And if you're not on top of that, you won't get the laughs. They won't like you. You know, I love it. Yeah. Do you know, there's one other, uh, one other guy and I forgot, I think his first name was Ron and I feel bad. I don't remember, but do you know other people that did, um, keynotes or speaking and, and then slowly started moving over where they thought, Hey, you know what? People laugh at me when I'm on stage at a marketing conference, maybe oh. they'll laugh at me if I do stand well, up. Is that, I've, I mean, I, that sounds, I mean, I think that's really unique, but I know a few people. I've, I've seen more people go the other way. They're like, you know, and like for me, I was like, I don't think I want to spend the rest of my life in bars. Yeah. Um, and also I would like to, like I'm from a semi-functional background, so I have like suburban humor and, and the people with jobs like those, but yeah. people in dive bars don't relate to it because mm. they, they're whatever. Yeah, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta pull out your Charles Bukowski in order to make that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to like, I'm not empathetic to like my life sucks because I never do anything. So I'm sorry. Um, my humor is about like, like houses and dogs and marriage and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely speakers who go, oh, I better work on this. I know a guy, you know, I won't name names just because it's something he's working on. He's getting better. He started going to a ton of stand up open mics, um, you know, and and worked on it. And it yeah. helped his keynote and his MC, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's such a different thing. You, you're not going to what what these road warriors do that do all the can do a bar in Alaska is is world apart from from keynote speaking yeah yeah for sure well then yeah. you said a hundred pages of uh, of material is that do you have like a a, a process a routine or a ritual where you just like wake up at 5 a.m and instead of going running you start to write jokes or are you more are you more organic 
I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm really, I can really kind of binge on whatever I'm learning and doing. Um, and so, you know, like reading 12 books on it and writing, you get, you get into a flow, not just a temporary flow, but a day-to-day flow where your brain is like all on that, you know, and, and, and then you're always making jokes and people start to dislike you in your life. But, um, so it's, I do that, you know, like if I'm really into something, I really, really focus on it a lot. So, so with art, like I'm doing art every day for probably two hours. Wow. Um, and, and it's the same kind of thing. You, it's hard to write that long, but when I started writing some books, uh, around 2010 ish, I, I think I probably wrote seven books in that, in that next few years. Um, so I, I mean, I do have processes. I, I probably should write about them. I'm not really sure, but they're kind of intuitive or I ask myself questions or I find a formula or, or kind of, you know, I'm like, I'm going to try this formula for a while where, writing jokes where the last word changes everything that came before it. Yeah. 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 I did that because a friend of mine that's a comedian who's also the the YouTube guy, Stan, he started writing those kind of jokes. I'm like, okay, I'll write those. And then, you know, I was like, so I came up with this. It was like, um, you know, I'm kind of short. So like, but I did try out for basketball in high school, believe it or not. And I thought the coach would give me a chance. You know, I showed him my four foot vertical leap. I showed him how I could dunk. But he turned me and said, I'm sorry, son. We just can't have you on the court with that mini trampoline. <laughs> and so it's like mini trampoline. I was like, I want to write a joke about mini trampolines. And that becomes the last word and you reverse engineer it. You know, Wait, so it's, I love that. That's it awesome. It didn't start as a basketball joke. That started as a, I want to write a joke about a mini trampoline. Yeah. I, I think it did. Or no, I was watching basketball and I saw those guys, the mascots dunking with the trampoline. Yeah. And I was like, that is funny. How can I use that? <laughs> and of course, for me often, it, it, you know, when you first do stand up, people are like, they, they, they judge you right away and you have to defuse that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're white. Oh, you're a guy. Oh, you're short. Oh, you're smart. Whatever it is. And then you have to have jokes about it so that they'll laugh about it and accept it yeah. rather than just judge you the whole time, you know? What would it, um, I haven't, no. oh, shoot, shoot. No, I was, <clears throat> as you guys are talking, I'm, I'm just thinking what's so cool is it's almost like you are flexing your creativity muscle every day. And the more that you do it, the more things are uncovered and the yeah. more that you notice this stuff. And so that's what I love so much about doing anything creative, even if there's no reason, right? Like even if you don't have an outcome because you notice things differently, you see things differently, you read things differently, you you try to make connections where connections might not have otherwise been made. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. just makes you a more interesting person overall. Yeah. It helps yeah. you in every area of your life. It and does. I find that to be so fascinating because that's when I think about you, Brian, I'm like, Brian's just a cool guy. Like he does a lot of really interesting things. Yeah. It's you don't, well, it's not like, you know, some people are like, Oh, he's an entrepreneur. Or, oh, this person is a writer. Like he does, they all, they fit into a box, but how interesting is it when you get to know people who are m- many things we're attracted to that. We're attracted to those yeah. that really are putting unique ideas out into the world. And the only way that we can do that is by creating. And I, I think I do think it helps you. I think, like you say, like being creative makes your brain more agile. Um, 
and more stimulated. It's, it's more enjoyable. It's, I mean, there's dopamine to it, right? It's a good thing. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, where was I going to go with that? <laughs> That's an amazing brain I have. Wow. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But you guys have done improv. Have you done improv? Yeah, I've done improv. Yeah. It's, it's, that really helps a ton. And I mean, if you work with clients, I mean, all that stuff transfers, like we were talking to, we had a bunch of sales meetings recently at this conference. We talked, I don't, I don't want to name drop, but I do, but we talked to a guy from Nike and, um, and he was talking <laughs> about something. The podcast. Just oh, kidding. of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are my Air Jordans? I'm going to go dunk after this. Um, so they're talking, he's talking about, I want to do this with TikTok or whatever. And some kind of, you know, user generated content. Yeah. And, and I was able to just throw three ideas out to him that came right up because I do all this creative stuff all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, there's something about the, um, the, the, it's not that any idea is a, is, a, is a good idea. It might be a bad idea, but being able to throw the ideas out there and then have something to chew on or play with. Like, I love being that guy where, yeah, knock it down. Here are the idea. Of course, I think they're all brilliant. No matter what, I, like, I'm like, yeah, you can pull 12 other people in here, but these are going to be the best ones you're going to get. But I think that then, then people have something to chew on or work with or revise. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious, what do you, th- I think we're all in like, uh, like extreme agreement on how creativity and doing anything creative can make you better at everything. Um, uh, one of my favorite keynotes I would give at marketing conferences is about writing poetry would make you better as a marketer in your job. Like mm-hmm. that's totally, totally, totally agree. What do you think it is that keeps people from, from doing it? I meet so many people that will say like, I don't have a creative bone in my body. Like, and I, I can't make anything. Right. Like when it comes to coffee, people that open coffee shops, like those little ones, they're obsessed with the coffee so the process is finding the beans. Like, what does that look like? It's it's really like making sure they have the right coffee. And then it's putting in the reps to figure out like what other coffee shops, what are they? The, um, the, there's one of those personality tests. It's not the Myers-Briggs. It's the um, DI. Oh, people D- are like detailed oriented or. The DISC? DISC. That's yeah. right. I love that one, especially for workplaces. And there are people who are so extremely detail oriented that in the way their brain works, they, they can craft or something. They can scrapbook. Mm-hmm. They can't, they're not going to sit there and, and freeform necessarily or, yeah. or play jazz maybe unless they're playing like, you know, like I want to learn to play Charlie Parker's, you know, super fast jazz stuff, you know, and they do. But um, I think part of it's belief. I mean, there's some quote, one of the artists said, about how you know we start very creative as kids and then society kind of drums us out of it it's like like remaining a kid and not not letting that happen to you or trying to get back to where you are at as a kid is, is yeah. a thing because society can really and people can really beat you down and try and put you into boxes and um you know the drudgery of that we become robots but for me there's a couple things number one there are are robots and there will be more robots. And so if, what are you going to bring as a human being that is unique from a robot? Like, are you, if you just sit there and do the same tasks every day, that's going to get replaced eventually by programming or a robot. 
And so I really think creativity is probably the going to be the final refuge. And of course, then they'll, they'll create an AI that writes great songs and we're, we're dead, but I mean, who's going to listen to it? Well, how are they going to have any money to buy it? I don't know, but you know, that that's what will happen. The other thing is comp- is competition. Like I've always been a very competitive person. I didn't realize it early on. And that goes back to your your gym, what you just said, right? Like if you've never worked out, going to the gym for 15 minutes is awesome. Mm-hmm. But once you start getting better at it, you know, so I started with 250, but then it became easier for me to start writing 500, 750, 1,000 words at it during one sitting. But yeah, it's it's every day. Then at least this way, when there's a busy day, when I have a really busy day and I don't have a lot of time to sit down and write, I don't feel bad that I didn't get to my 750 word count because I really was only able to look. There were some days that I would sit and it things just weren't flowing. And I was ecstatic to get 250 words. I was like, I remember like doing my word count. And I'm like, oh, I'm still not. I'm still only at like 230. <laughs> And then I was like, just write a few more bad words just to get to your 250. <laughs> like there were days that way was this struggle. I think it's hilarious. You said bad words. Cause then I picture something else. You're like, write a few more bad words. And, <laughs> and those are the words that I would use if I was stuck at 230 and didn't want to write 20 more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just list out uh, another, another 20 whatever I want. Well, we had uh, Michael Burke on the show who we both um, have crushes on and think that he's hilarious. He's the best. Too what if you want have a better shot at him than I do? I know. Yes. <laughs> that's it. Michael, if you're listening, that's why I'm going to the gym. Um, I, um, he you, is single. I know. And he's hilarious. <laughs> so great. We, uh, what if, what if you want to do it? What Michael's doing, what do you think the reps look like day Day by day, like as specific as possible. What do you think to become? Well, I feel like he, I feel like he described it perfectly on our, on our show is he does show up every day. And he did say that he spends, he he does, did he, I think he gave himself a time, like every day at 12 Mm o'clock, like every day at 12 o'clock, he would sit and write. And so this way he always knew that he was going to have that time. And sometimes he would do more and sometimes, but he, sometimes he would, work more than that, but he always did it at the same time every day. And he's so his ultimate dream, like dream career love would be to write a show. Mm -hmm. Like he wants to write a show and, you know, maybe star in it. I don't know, (laughs) but he wants to write, he wants to create this show and he realizes, you know, that's, you don't just get, you don't just Netflix isn't just calling you up to give you a show, but only by doing what he's doing, which is posting videos every day, creating these TikToks, doing all of these reps every day is what's going to help him get to that, that show. But that's the perfect example of the, of the process and the mess, right? Because mm-hmm. he may, he may never get a show mm-hmm. that he may never, but he's going to get a show, but he, I hope he does. It'd be so great. <laughs> but the process that he's going through to get. But keep I'm going. Thinking, I'm thinking about Tommy and the day <laughs> we finally meet. The day when together. we finally meet. And, be together and, he's, for- and he's wearing his Gregory hat. Mm. Yeah. And I get to be in the cabin with him. <laughs> 
I hope he does not listen to our uh, He's definitely listening to this one. I promise <laughs> you that. And then, and uh, see, I can be his muse when he goes out and starts making oh my gosh. creations yeah. in the... Yeah, that's a way to be present. Yeah, like, well, I think that music can, I think music can do that. Uh, the song. Right, what's your song? The, the song, uh, it's Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. Ooh. You know this song, right? Do you know the song? Of course. Who yeah. does? Yes, I know the song. I know you need to prove it. it to me. You should sing some of it. So I know that mm, you know. It. Let's not do that. Yeah. On the yeah. All right. So here's some of the here's some of the lyrics. Okay. Um, for the song. So the opening lyric, uh, darken the city, night is a wire. Steam in the subway, earth is a fire. But this just that, just the opening opening of the night is a wire. And then I'm like, oh, okay, no, I got that. Like this electricity, like the 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 charge through the city, and that it's this sort of like this straight line going through the city. And um, <coughs> excuse me, again, nothing I'd ever think about. Like the first things that come to mind when I hear "Hungry Like the Wolf" and I'm like driving around, and the first thing that comes to mind is the music video from what 1983. <coughs> but then when I again, it's the it's it's the noticing. So I usually the song comes on and I'll start singing at the top of my lungs when it gets to the chorus. And I'm thinking about like, oh, maybe this could be my karaoke song, you know? <gasps> yeah. Go, go out with Kate to fancy Korean places and sing Hungry Like the Wolf. And then there's a part on here, the um, uh, In Touch with the Ground. Oh, yeah, you know this. In Touch with the Ground, I'm on the hunt, I'm after you. And then this right here, Smell Like I Sound. Now, I remember part of the reason I know this is because I did try to do this at karaoke one time. And I remember when the lyrics came up on the screen, I was like, what the hell is this? Smell like I sound, I'm lost in a crowd, and I'm hungry. I'm lost in a crowd, and I'm hungry like the wolf. Straddle the line in discord and rhyme. So like, I can hear the song, but I never, but I never heard the song. Like, growing up, I knew the song. I could sing the song, I could put it all together, but I never really heard the straddle the line in discord and rhyme. Um, this darken the city, night is a wire. So not dark in the city, darken. Like, like you, Kate, take a brush mm. and darken the city, night is a wire. This, these are those types of things where then you notice it and it's been right there. It's been right there in front of me all this time. And I start to see it and I, and I think, Oh wow, Duran Duran, you're a lot better than I thought you were. Or that's <laughs> that's or even even the uh even the lyrics to Take On Me by Aha. Same, same thing. Like there's and there's lyrics in that song that everybody gets wrong. You yes. just you sort of say what it is, but then when you look at the lyrics to the song, it 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 has so much more thought and meaning behind it. Mm. But you have to notice it. You have to get out of the, whatever the expectations are. So for me, it was the, this is the music video. And I think about the cover to it. And Tony Stark wears a Duran Duran t-shirt. Uh, and it, like it's it's weird the things that come into my mind other than, Sean, just listen to the lyrics of the song. Like just listen, listen to the words to, yeah. of the song, you know, and putting that together. And so that's, that's, that's where I started thinking. I know, I know with you, because you and I have talked about music before, and music is one of those things that's accessible to everybody. So I would encourage everybody to just 
take a song, go listen to Billie Jean and listen to just, just the lyrics, read over the lyrics to Billie Jean um, or something like that. And so I was wondering if you had a song like that, where it's a song that's, you know, it's a really famous song, really popular song, then what, what would it be, you know? So I think I get so many lyrics wrong all the time. Yeah. I think the only reason why I even listen to music the way that I do now is because of my newfound love of poetry and writing because there is so much beauty in song lyrics. And when you, when you asked me about the song, I thought of Rob Thomas because I love Matchbox 20 and I love Rob Thomas and all of his work. And there's his, his song. So it's not, I guess maybe, I don't know how many people know. I don't, maybe he's not, I mean, he's. Rob Thomas, he's a famous right? guy. They know him, yeah. right? Sure. I mean, it's not Duran Duran, but. Nah, it's big. No. It's probably bigger, bigger than Duran Duran. <laughs> Rob so Thomas, you're bigger than Duran Duran. Oh, Rob Thomas is my, was my college crush. Yeah. So, wait till he's on Clubhouse. You'll become oh, friends. I could not. I can't wait. You could so send him this he, podcast. Oh, we said you're bigger than Duran Duran, Rob Thomas. I mean, he's pretty awesome. So he has that song pieces. I love that song so much. And there's. There's a part in the song where he says, hold on to me. You're all I have. You're all I have. And I was like, oh, I remember one time when I was listening to it. Does he repeat that? The you're all I have. The, you're he all says, I hold have. on to me. You're all I have. All I have. That's cool. Okay. Keep going. That's awesome. And I thought I remember because it's a beautiful song. The whole song is really beautiful. But when I heard that I thought oh that's so interesting because it's hold on to me like as if you're helping that person like hold on to me I'm here to help you but then it's mm-hmm. like you're all I have you're all I have so I'm uh, so I really so it like switched it I never yeah, it had does. noticed that and then I didn't one notice day, it until you explained it and then you explained it and I thought oh my god that's really great that's really yeah great. and I had never noticed it before because I'm like oh it's just beautiful oh they need each other and then I'm like oh hold on to me I'm here to save you but you're you're all I have I need you mm-hmm. so I thought that was awesome that's poetic that's something that you're gonna find in a Billy Collins poem that's something you're gonna find yeah. in literature and it's and it's it's right there. It came on right after somebody said, you know, working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Rob <laughs> Thomas. Blah, blah, blah. Hold on to me. 